0: Hello, and welcome to Lockdown Film Festival Conversations. In today's episode, we discuss the 1994 film Shallow Grave, written by John Hodge and directed by Danny Boyle. A group of friends cover up the death of their new flatmate in order to obtain a large sum of money. However, their actions bring both external and internal pressures upon their friendship. Thank you for joining us, and here's the conversation. 17 and it was Nick Gill's choice and he chose Shallow Grave written by John Hodge and directed by Danny Boyle uh but as Nick is not at this call uh I'll attempt to do a little intro as if I knew what was going through his head um you he do it as Nick oh, Gill no I'm not no I'm not doing the <laughs> That's Dangerous. um I going. have a feeling that Nick chose this film because he loves British 90s films that make him feel all nostalgic about what his life would have been like if he was born 20 years earlier. Um, <laughs> he loves his train spotting. He loves that kind of...
1: Loves a bit of techno. <laughs> loves
0: a bit of techno. Love a little bit of 90s kind of like, you know, Ibiza music. Um, I'll open up the floor to anyone who'd like to jump in with their with their thoughts first.
2: Okay, uh, terrible.
3: Oh. Wow. Oh, <gasps> oh not with the big guns.
2: Here
0: we <laughs> you might need to elaborate though, Ollie.
2: <laughs> uh, no, I, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to drop the mic rather than test the mic. Um, <laughs> 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 um I, yeah, I just like, so I watched this the whole way through. It was, it was like perfectly watchable. I'm like, I kind of watched it the whole way. Through watched all of it and was like, okay, yeah, fine. But um, I thought the storyline was incredibly weak with no real conclusion or direction. It was something you've seen a hundred times before but done a lot, lot
4: changing?
2: worse. Yeah,
5: what, a dead, dead roommate and thousands of pounds?
2: Yeah, similar. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I just, I thought it was like, it was very directionless and a bit like, oh, there's, there's, there wasn't a lot of depth to it, which kind of makes sense because it was called Shallow Grave. Um, it's it was, kind of
4: fire. <laughs> <Cal>? <laughs> I mean, I completely it's disagree with the like
2: oh, oh. yeah. um, the performances were okay, I guess. Um, Ken Stott was very Ken Stott. Ewan McGregor was very <laughs> Ewan McGregor. It's Ken Stott. Christopher Eccleston was very Christopher Eccleston. That's about all I can say. Um, <laughs> who's that? The bloke, that, one of the blokes that got killed. Um, I can't remember his name. But he's the same very scary looking bloke in every film I've seen. Are you ever. talking
0: about Peter Milan? Yeah. Yeah. I th- At first I thought it was Peter Milan and Cole Meany. And then I realised it wasn't Cole Meany. It was just Peter Milan. But yeah. I mean, obviously early enough in his career whereby having... No lines. One line
2: was fine. Yeah. Oh, and the, the only other thing that sprung to mind is that they, um, they, I think, stole the, well, either stole or very, like, loosely mimicked the theme music from Halloween and then just kept playing it every now and again.
1: I, I reckoned oh, it was annoying. the theme music from Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone.
3: <laughs> Anyone else? <laughs> no? very I sick. don't know I what it. it was, but it drilled a hole in my brain, to despair.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That that reminds me, the the scenes with the drill were my favourite.
5: Oh, there we go.
2: (laughs) They were great. Jara, some interesting thoughts on the drill scenes, which we'll get to later.
5: I kind of disagree in your lack of plot. Not in that I think there was lots of plot, but I appreciated the lack of detail, (laughs) I suppose. (laughs) And that it gave space for just letting humans stew over their own nonsense. Like, I like that we don't know why the money was there, like what crime he'd been involved in or what, why he had it, why they were after him. Like, I think that would have been a big tangent that we didn't need. And it was very much about the three of the three roommates. Although some of the exploration of their sort of character choices could have been a bit more heavily investigated.
2: Which um, is what I mean. Like, if they'd gone down that route, then good, but it didn't.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> no, is, this, is this the same criticism we have of every 90s film? Yeah. They basically just brush over any character study and we all get annoyed because we, we want to talk about their kind of inner workings. And 90s films just want to go, look at all this crazy shit that's happening. Yeah. We, we want to see
5: humans as more than just, you know, a surface. Yeah, or an animal.
3: antagonizer.
6: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, yeah it, it did kind of look like they were like, let's have a doctor, a journalist, yeah. and and an accountant. Doctor. Just throw them into the mix. <laughs> Three people of these professions they get some money. <laughs> Go. But I, think but so I well. kind of agree with Jenna. That's, I, I like the aspect of maybe old, older films is that that wasn't, you know, I think it was quite clear that that wasn't really the focus. And for me, that didn't detract from it. I, I liked the other aspects of it.
3: I think, yeah, I think there's. it's it's easy to fall into a trap of, of judging a film by creative standards that it's not actually setting out to achieve, if that makes sense. Like, I don't think it's meant to be a particularly in-depth film. It's meant to be a bit kooky and a bit mad. And it definitely achieves both of those aims, I suppose.
7: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, whether it's enjoyable or not to watch. I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was, you know... It wasn't groundbreaking, it wasn't phenomenal, but I thought it was an enjoyable watch. And for, you know, 92 minutes, yeah. There, I have, I have wasted my time doing a lot worse things for 92 minutes than, than <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I, I kept getting lost <laughs> in the aesthetics of a lot of it. Like I, kept, I got so angry looking at all of the scenes of the flat and just going, this is such a beautiful flat. Why have you painted it in primary colours? That's one thing I genuinely distracted from everything else. That and the hairdos. There were some shocking lids.
0: Luke McGregor's barnet is...
3: My God. <laughs> I thought
0: it like your brother's barnet, Max, when he had his longer hair. But- yeah. Yeah, well, that's not too far off.
4: <laughs> I actually thought that was symbolism at one point for like... Ewan McGregor and Kerry Fox's characters to be siding with each other because they stood next to each other one scene, and it just looked like their hair was a continuation of each other. It was
5: because they were on the same side. I like that.
1: I hope it was that <laughs> conscious choice. Um, yeah. One, I think one thing that we said was like the. Um, Christopher Eccleson's character he kind of just turned a bit too quick, Too quick. you didn't see yeah. like the progression of him getting all because it, it must have been because he was the one who who ended up doing the chopping up of the body etc but that wasn't really explored, you didn't see him progressively going into this kind of enraged or mad state or whatever and then like there was a scene where they go to this Kaylee charity ball thing which seemed like there wasn't much point in that either apart from you McGregor gets uh, beaten up and Chris Ferguson like gets a bit angry that they're not listening to him but again there was a kind of there was no sort of reason for that I don't know if anyone else thought different about that scene if the, they got anything more from it but
8: I felt was... the same and there was that bit where it was like guys I really need to talk to you and they got interrupted but then he never went back to talking to them about what he needed to talk to them about which I thought was odd
3: yeah yeah, I think, I don't know, I'd probably agree with Anna in that I find something so insanely lovable about Christopher Eccleston, and I don't know why, but it's a thing, I've really got a soft spot for him. And I actually still, I, I agree with you, I would have liked to see more of a, a gradual descent in his character, but the his character itself, I actually, I, I did find quite engaging, even though it was maybe slightly clunkily, Clunkily, that's a word now. Uh done. <laughs> I did found him extremely lovable. I found Ewan McGregor just, you know, he was being Ewan McGregor, which is fine. It suited the character.
0: Terrible, as always.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I quite like him, Cuz. I think you're grumpy.
0: <laughs> I am grumpy, but was I, 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 I was down by this. He I am I'm, I'm not so down on him that I'm g i am i hate it from when it starts, but like I'm just waiting for the moment where he gives a performance where I'm like, oh, no, you actually can act. And this is why people keep casting you and stuff. But he, he never, ever shows it.
3: Little rouge, Gus.
4: It's <laughs> the same performance every time. It's not my
3: acting. Gift is my
0: no singing on the podcast, please. <laughs> hey,
3: ladies. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's that's gonna be
0: Friday. cut out. That's gonna be cut
3: it's out. Black, <laughs>
6: well,
0: no, I, I can contact Ms. Black
7: and ask for permission to use her composition. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Jen, did you find that Christopher Eccleston's spinning face really like won you over to him?
3: Yeah. <laughs> that was the moment. <laughs> that was. No, he just he's got I think it's it's honestly partly just an aesthetic. Thing where he aesthetically looks like quite a hard blokey bloke but then he manages to come across as quite fragile and I just I don't know man It pff, sit me on a couch and Freud can talk at me for a while about it but I I find him I genuinely find him very engaging yeah. um, and, I, and quite lovable and I think it's that sort of fragility even though I, he's a face like you know a brick shit house but, yeah.
1: I yeah. liked him as well I think it just wasn't written like it didn't it yeah the, didn't script. It, the script didn't lend itself
3: well to him this yeah, yeah. I, the script to me was quite weird in terms of a lot of the scenes i felt like the dialogue was like watching a play but like yeah. an amateur production of something that's and exactly i can't, i can't formulate the right thoughts how to describe that but a lot of just the dialogues or the bit when someone would you know go off and have their things to say the way it was delivered and I think the way it was written felt like a play and not I'm not sure it translated that well to the screen I, think... I sound like I'm being really harsh I did really enjoy watching the film but the script weirded me out a bit
0: I think I'll, I don't know this for certain in the slightest but for me, the film had such a relentless pace. Like it felt, it was very quick throughout. Like, you know, scenes did not particularly last too long, especially in the second half. It it kept the build up and it kept going, kept going, kept going, kept going. And I almost feel like the script was probably not written to be that quick. And so that's happened in the edit. And I feel like there's probably quite a lot of scenes that are a bit more, you know, slow, lot, a lot of dialogue, you know, just kind of like people sitting around, you know, that would have maybe explained Chris Ferguson's character um, being a bit more losing his mind and losing control over himself after he's um, carved the body that probably got thrown out to maintain that level of pace. i, I you know, I'm completely speculating. I've got no idea, but that's what it felt like to me. It felt like that they'd made a decision to go, we're going to go full on and keep the pace up as much as we possibly can, even if it's slightly to the detriment of other things.
4: Yeah, I think that's an interesting observation, I guess.
6: Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, I think we've actually nailed it. Uh, I'm 45 minutes in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, did it. you solved it. I know what you mean. It, 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 do you know
4: what, for me, the the biggest sort of, the most jarring moment where I just thought there was a beat missed, as it were, was when they discovered him dead in his room. No one really seemed to be
2: phased. They would thought, oh, it's a dead body. <laughs> I,
0: mean, <laughs> I,
4: mean,
0: I completely agree, Pav. Like, I, I, I don't know about the argument, I really struggled with, let's say, the first like half an hour of this film. Yeah, I found the first half an hour, very wearing, very slow, very like I don't understand why these people are doing what they're doing here and that almost kind of you know like I didn't understand why they're inviting people into their flat just to be horrible to them and then kick like I was like okay you're starting me off on the wrong foot if I'm supposed to care about these characters they're all behaving terribly um yeah, they I the
6: same fingers, but, I, but I, I wasn't sure if, if it was deliberate or not but mm. from that first moment I'm like oh okay so they're not going to save the cat we're being introduced to these bunch of of cruel psychopaths who have fortunately found each other. And now, instead of sort of rooting for them and and hoping that they don't make the wrong decisions and wringing our hands over the terrible mistakes they're making, it's more going to be this delicious, okay, let's see how they undo themselves. And as a result, the enjoyment of the experience of the narrative for me was, I can't wait to see how they die or at whose hands they die I, I can't wait to see these despicable people not turn on each other i think that's a very very good point then because if i looked at it
0: that way that would make a lot of my feelings feel would make sense if that if, that, if that's the right way to put it like in terms of you know as you say it, I, I personally didn't sympathize with any of them after they buried the guy taking the money and then they just like Oh, but one of our friends is acting weird I'm like well you've you've just stolen thousands of pounds if not maybe a million pounds from this bloke and just buried him in the woods like why do why do I why on earth would I ever feel sorry for you but I think that's a fair point maybe you're you know you're not supposed to in the slightest you're supposed to be like these people are not nice people they've done a horrible thing and whatever come up and say get is rightly deserved and they're yeah that's a good point there maybe they you enjoy the idea of Oh, how is it going to happen? Rather than what's going to happen, you kind of know that it's going to end up in a very negative space by the end of it, and
1: yeah. just enjoy the fact that they're going to go that way. I think that maybe also justifies the fast pace a bit as well. If if you're thinking of it in that way, because you don't you don't need that time to stop and understand that or or have an emotional um, connection with the characters. So maybe the fast pace works a bit, but I do still think there's a bit lacking in in Understanding character development, especially for Christopher Eccleston's e- Eccleston character.
4: <laughs> yeah, Ben, I, I think you're right though about because that's how I viewed it, and it made it more enjoyable because it was more it was less of a case of rooting for, them, more just who is going to die, how are they going to
3: die? Yeah, yeah, it was exciting. But I was looking one, forward to all of their demise. Yeah,
4: for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But one of them take particular.
1: Mm. <laughs> we know you hate him, Gus. Forget
4: it. <laughs> but I'm not going to stop reading it. I thought the opening sequence was still supposed to be funny. You know, when they're bullying all of these new people. But the
0: same. I, that's what I thought. I, just, I,
4: was another, I didn't find any of the funny bits funny. Which is the, that's the main gripe I have the film: funny bits. I didn't find funny. Um, and I think that's also part. And I'm not. I'm not trying to. Jump on the Gus Bamwagon here, but I thought that Ewan McGregor's character—I I th- I didn't think Ewan McGregor was, was funny in this film, and it just made him that much more annoying. I know he was an annoying character anyway, um, but I don't know—he could—he could have, you know, he could have been funnier anyway. And I don't think he quite hit that mark. No, I think he almost was,
0: felt to me was, like a kind of—you know—for those of you who have seen, I know Max has—he almost felt like a character who would be in succession so horrible unnecessarily all the time, just being rude to people left and right and just cri- criticising everyone and being horrible, nasty insults the whole time. But there's something about those kind of characters, which a lot of the time is quite easy to like because they're so horrible that you end up liking them in a weird way. And I never got to that level with him in the slightest. I was like, you're just a dick. Yeah, he's
3: never like a villain. And
0: yeah, I think that's, exactly. like, There's
3: something quite cool and, you know, like sexy about a villainous character.
6: But would, especially, yeah, like, I think as it well,
0: like <laughs> it, to touch a little bit, get back again on Ben's point. The fact that, yes, I think it's a fair point. Maybe you're not supposed to sympathise with the characters and you're supposed to enjoy the, the demise they're going through. But then it does push the film very much to the point where Chris Ferguson is supposed to be the person that is the worst of them and he, everyone's fearing him because he's lost his marbles and he's killing more people and all this kind of stuff. So then, you know... It it slightly frames it a little bit too much, I think, towards Ewan McGregor and Kerry Fox's characters. When I'd actually maybe make more sense to skew it towards Christopher Eccleston's character, because he's the one who doesn't really—he's the one who's most shaken by the death. He's the one who really doesn't want to do it. He like you know—he's the one who says no initially, and then he's the one who then unravels the most. So it should almost be more from his point of view than it should be from the other two's point of view I think
5: that's why we saw his head spinning girl.
0: <laughs> which can I, can I say you, the whole You know, it's, obviously it's the whole like bookend thing where it's like it's the same shot it was so clearly not the same shot like it was not like the first one he was very clearly alive and the second one he was very clearly dead it was like okay fine like whatever it's not a big deal, but that, that bothered me. The fact that it was like, oh oh my God, it's the f- it's the, begin- the end of the film is actually the beginning. Well, it wasn't because the first one, he looked like he was definitely breathing. Yeah.
6: Mm-hmm. And the he second one,
0: he looked dead. like his eyes were glassy. He was much paler than he was that in the first
3: one. On mm. Yeah, it was like, he you could have made well? it look
4: the
0: same. Yeah, the one at the start
8: is the one from the middle as well, where he's in his bed after they've done the, the, the chopping of the body and Kerry Fox is like, you're right. It's, it's that same shot. It's not, the, it's not meant to be the same one at the start of the end. Yeah. It is meant to be the same one, I think. No, I think it, it, they,
1: do, they have a couple through, or like one in the middle or whatever. Yeah. But I, I don't know, I wonder if that was like, a, oh, this is, this is the character that this story is about. It's not about the people committing the crime. It's not about the money that's been taken, blah, blah. It's about this character and how he handles murder, while well, chopping up a dead person's body.
5: And like they try, I think they tried to touch on it with the scenes in the workplace where the guy was just like, we're all boring, we're all predictable, we're all accountants. And as someone in finance, I felt that. But also, <laughs> it's like, I think they were trying to touch on the fact that he's frustrated by his sort of mundane life and the path he's been set on. And maybe that's why he sort of goes with it more and is, becomes a bit more laissez-faire, but then his brain can't handle it. And you know, spirals, but again, they just didn't yeah, give that could have been made really to develop or like for us to see that development. One um, well, like thing I did so, find strange,
3: why didn't the doctor do the dismembering? Yeah. I just, come on, like you will have cut up cadavers yeah. while you were a student. Like,
4: yeah.
3: yeah. You pulled the longest straw, that's
1: why. <laughs> oh,
4: that was the best joke actually when you were going, was like, but you kill people every day.
3: Uh, I I mean. But yeah that did I did get a chuckle from that and I had no other point in the film <laughs> <laughs> apart from you know you do the occasional like wry smile of like oh yeah they're trying to be funny here um that one I did quite enjoy
1: <laughs> yeah one thing another thing that felt a bit sudden was when um the female character what was her name I can't remember the doctor she switched to going out with Christopher <laughs> Eccleston and then not Ewan McGregor but that was all kind of then again, quite unexplained. Um, I think
0: she wasn't really, was she? She was just trying kind of like...
1: Playing the game, yeah.
0: Yeah, she, I, I don't think she really... I, I personally didn't feel like she had a particular interest in either of them. It was just mm-hmm. she was siding with whoever was kind of more in control of the situation. Yeah. She was kind of playing them both against each other a little bit, I get. I, I, I felt like. Um, um, that, that I, I might be wrong.
1: I know, I, I, I think I agree with that, but then it still felt like, come on, then you, you can't just suddenly decide and he's just going to take that unless he's just really in this strange space that he would just think that that would happen
7: Do you know a female character trope that i see time and time again in 80s and 90s films is that they have a group of three and there's one woman and she always Plays them off against each other. It's like, oh, I'm with Sosa, but now I'm with Sosa. Oh, but now he's stronger. It's like we've seen this a hundred times before, and we've seen it done better. This one, I think you're absolutely right, Lydia. It was so out of nowhere and unbelievable because it felt very much like Hugh McGregor and her were a kind of team, and that Chris Freckleson was almost this outsider orbiting the two. So for her to then ally herself with him, and it just looked a bit motherly when it, there was a lot of head cradling which I can understand from his point of view is maybe gonna make him go like oh yeah she's looking after me but then yeah to switch it to like a we've made a plan we're doing this it's like "No, you haven't yeah <laughs> there is no emotion here yeah it, it felt very lackluster I thought that one
3: to be honest I thought her whole performance was pretty lackluster agreed I just I think like, and McGregor, love him or hate him, at least he was, you know, really camping it up. Um, I thought she didn't seem to have a huge amount to bring to the table, apart from a very, very posh accent that felt quite out of place. She, I don't know. She
0: Wasn't she just doing her own accent? She was, she was, she was, I have no idea. She, she's, she's a New Zealand actress, and I she know. was doing her own accent, I thought. So
3: but sad. then <laughs>
0: but then that kind of threw me. It I really thought, confused hang on. me. Well, I, well, because I thought she was doing her own accent, which then threw me because Exton was not doing his own accent. It was like if she can be from New Zealand in this scenario, why can Exton just be from, was it from Manchester? Like, why can't he just be from there? Why on earth is he doing a okay but not great Scottish accent throughout? Was and she's just doing New Zealand. Like, it just didn't.
7: What, huh? <laughs> Did we watch the same film? Did anyone actually hear the same accent? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought he was trying to be Scottish but not very well I was like, Oh he's yeah. from London isn't he? And then I thought, I oh, know he is from Manchester I and Then he'd say
1: one Scottish sounding word
2: And I'd be like, oh, oh right, okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> Okay <laughs> oh,
8: no. I thought the three main leads across the board, I wouldn't say any were excellent but I wouldn't say any were poor
4: I thought they, they, were were, people, they, weren't they, I think, like
2: yeah, um, I think they just went handed a great script, yeah, I agree, my yeah, my fairest description is that they were there I think for me,
0: like I thought Carrie fox's performance i at the beginning i I liked it, and then, as things unraveled, I didn't like it, if that makes sense for me, as in when she was just kind of being the character and she was just kind of like. Slightly cold doctor kind of character. I was like, okay, yeah, no, I, I like I like what you're doing with this. And then as soon as it became this battle of wills and everyone was losing it, I then found her pretty tough to watch personally.
2: The most interesting character I thought was
7: mm-hmm.
2: Hugo, and then he got killed off immediately. <laughs> he had like one scene where I was like, oh, he's he's a bit intriguing. I wonder <laughs> Going and then they killed him and they said nothing more about him. But yeah, he was very good for five minutes.
7: I would have, I would have liked to have known how he got the money. I kind of wondered if we were going to discover that, as because I assumed he'd nicked it from some gang. But I would have liked yeah. to have known it a bit more. But unless I just switched off and I missed that scene where it was all. Nope. No. Like, oh, Larry, okay, you it, didn't. I'll don't worry. All this time. <laughs> <laughs> was it was like. Again, it goes
0: back to the beginning of what Niamh and Lydia was saying about the kind of lack of lack of explanation in the whole film. Like, it wasn't really ever established from to me how he died. Was it kind of like auto asphyxiation or something? He was naked in bed and he was dead, and I was like, I, I
7: looked
5: Am I it supposed to, I supposed to know what was an
7: overdose? But yeah, when they found the drug paraphernalia in his drawer. But again, like, how's he done himself in? put it back neatly in the drawer, closed the drawer, <laughs> laid down on the bed, nude, and gone, yes, I'll die. And I food.
4: thought he was being framed. I thought, I thought whoever had killed him had placed that, the drugs there. Uh-huh. To make it look. OD'd.
0: But, then, but, then, but if someone had killed him, they would have taken the money.
4: And also, you the money wouldn't...
0: The money wouldn't still him be there. there. It's not like Hugh McGregor took that long to find it. It was just under the bed. It's like the first place you'd look, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, I need to find something in this room, under the bed. Let's check there that first. That's the first yeah, place you would go. There's so literally like,
1: no other furniture yeah. apart from yeah. a and drawers the bed in this massive room, which seems to be the trend of the whole of the apartment.
3: I know. So it I couldn't big believe. Big I, I was actually going. I
0: cannot believe how big this flat is. <laughs> like, it wasn't filmed. It's, it's set in Edinburgh, not filmed in Edinburgh. It I was, was still,
3: beautiful. Like, it was filmed in Glasgow.
0: Yeah, is yeah, is that it? But like.
3: That, like,
0: what? That flat was, it was so big, they couldn't fill it with furniture. It was beautiful. The amount of empty space was just insane.
4: Is it because oh, so- people... I think, um, I think John Hodge is a time traveller, because this film was 1994, right? And there was, a, there was a drum kit with a gorilla sitting at it. Now, I can't remember exactly when the Cadbury's ad came out, but it was way after 94.
0: That was 2005. When was there a gorilla?
4: How oh, do you know this, yeah, was My- sat
2: at the drum kit. It was a gorilla. Yeah. Was
0: I, casual, thought was a, I thought it was just you and McGregor sat at the drum kit. When, I, I, sure. I don't know, i missed that.
2: Gorilla. Because I kept thinking it was like a looming person and something really exciting was going to happen and he was going to jump on someone's back, but it was a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs>
0: Harry, I need I'm to rewatch it. You. I don't know how I completely <laughs> missed a gorilla that. just in the middle of this film. Like, like that's something you shouldn't miss, right? <laughs> a gorilla sat at a
6: drum kit. <laughs> Hey, I, love, I love the idea that the only explanation is time travel that John Hodge would <laughs> the visionary directors of a Cadbury's advert the <laughs> <laughs> really, really
4: important stuff <laughs>
8: um, I, I found that the size of the apartment lent itself to that um, feeling it was more of a play as well and just looked like a, a, a big set trying to fill a stage for me
1: Mm.
8: Mm.
1: A lot of it was in there as well.
0: There wasn't much outside, apart mm. from scenes yeah.
1: and varying bodies.
6: <laughs>
0: yeah. Was it potentially that big because Danny Boyle was like, I need space to put all the cameras?
6: <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Possibly. you know,
0: massive rooms, not a lot of furniture. Ah, this this lends it very easily for me to shoot several setups. Mm. Mm. I thought yeah, it was like 30
3: days to shoot the whole thing, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, but that's fairly standard. 30 Days is... I have no idea what film. what the standard would be, but... 30 Days is fairly standard for a kind of, like, normal, non-superhero, non-blockbuster film. Okay. Um, I, I don't know if anyone else felt this, but I, I thought Danny Ball's direction was pretty good. I thought it was very concise, very clean, very, you know, clear in what it was trying to do. Um, I guess that comes back to the whole pacing idea, but I thought it was... um. I thought it was very smartly done.
5: He was having fun trying things out as well, which I think you then see train spotting and like babies crawling on floors <laughs> and looking at screens and things moving around and <laughs> we see it all again. Yeah. Um, yeah. A bit
3: more polished. I, um, think, I think you could tell he was having fun.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he obviously had freedom with it, which was is nice for a director to have rather than being like dictated to about what you're trying to create.
8: Yeah, I, 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 what were um, Harry and Nick's notes? Oh, sorry, Ben. It, it, it's
6: fine. Cut him off. <laughs> it's not a good
2: point. <laughs> it is. Hey, come on. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it was a budget-free issue. Hang on, Ben. Hang on. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. Move, move your head slightly to the left. How about uh, now?
6: Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Here we go. I'm not sure if it was a budget-free issue, uh, but I was... I thought it was curious what old Danny boy decided to show us and what not to show us in that we see the full nudity of the corpse on the bed. But then as soon as we have any scenes of particular violence, we get these very tasteful kind of lookaways of silhouettes and maybe some slightly evocative sound design, but nothing more than that. I just, I wondered if, it, it seems strange that it seemed like so many times you want to be like blah, look at this look at all the grisly you know reality of this and then so, certain moments where there was almost like a dignified shyness of oh no we, we can't but I don't, again I don't know if that was like a budget thing like an effects thing I mean I, I guess that would expect- They did it on a
3: shoestring they had to sell lots of their props right?
6: Oh right, <laughs> right. Someone's with a I was
3: say
5: lots of lovely shy cutaways apart from knife through the neck <laughs> <My God>. <laughs> <laughs> they, they
7: spent all their budget on that I did think, though, and it made me think of when we went to see Barbarian Sound Studio, um, whatever. Can you hear me? Just look at the laptop. Sorry! (laughs) I got lost in Ben's eyes. Um, When we went to see Barbarian Sound Studio, and they were doing this whole idea of creating horror just with sound, most of the scenes in that, when they were torturing or breaking or something, the sounds were making me feel sick, they were horrible. And I wondered if that was, like you say, budgetary, or if it was just really pushing how gross they could make something without having to actually, like, the sore on the bones of when it was getting higher and higher pitched. You were like, ah, ah, ah.
0: But amazingly, Barbarian Sound Studio was potentially going to be one of Nick's picks, but he panicked that it was going to be too scary.
7: It was gross. But if
0: Ben's seen it on stage, maybe that, if you could, you know.
7: Ben turned <laughs> away a few times mm-hmm. on stage. <laughs> Um, He works at the BBC
0: Um, Yeah, So I'll give you uh, Harry's notes Just quickly Um, I would say in general most of the stuff We've kind of touched on So he thought McGregor was good at playing an insufferable knobhead Most of the time I could see him acting at some points So he (laughs) praised him but it's still a backhanded comment uh, compliment, sorry. Uh, he thought Kerry Fox was awful. Uh, he loved Eccleston. Uh, loved the story in the build up. Script was a bit weak in parts and it meant bad acting had nowhere to hide. And as well as we touched on, the romantic tension between the three of them was quite forced and unbelievable. Uh, everything to do in the loft was excellent. And I really enjoyed the sentence of madness. Like the twist at the end that Ewan had hid the money and really appreciated how gruesome it was. Some really nice carrying work and some very cool shots, especially some of the tracking shots, like the style in general. Music was appalling. Flat was class. Ken stop forever. Yes, please. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's pr- pretty much agreed with what we've said so far. What were your uh, drill bits, Charlotte?
5: Oh, the fact that I couldn't watch it without thinking of him as Doctor Who. <laughs> And he's at one point he's holding the drill, and, it, it, and then it looks like a sonic screwdriver. I'm going
2: to post it in the chat. The, the it's not a picture. picture which is fucking,
1: oh, it's, it's incoming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with the whole all stuff. Oh, brilliant. Stuff. <laughs>
7: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so
1: so good. good. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't stop good. laughing.
6: The yeah. whole
5: time, so it, <laughs> not a bit for me, it's a bit
6: less
5: hair, <laughs> yeah. I thought a Dalek was gonna pop out, and then
1: <laughs> <laughs>
6: well,
3: that well, would have made a a about film as film. much sense as anything else, to be fair. We, it, the film could have done with the Dalek, maybe.
4: <laughs> Wait, this is this has proven my point. John Hodge <laughs> is a time traveler.
6: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's two things, Pav. It's far more likely they're both coincidence. <laughs>
4: That's, that's what I thought. God, you're so gullible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I'm the gullible one. Um, did Nick send
1: anything for his own film?
2: Sorry, mate. Go ahead. What?
0: Go on, As you said, Nick had not said anything.
1: I, I said, did Nick send anything for his own film? Molly um, has an actual comment then. No.
2: Go on, all. Okay, it wasn't a comment <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh no, he did um, Not a lot though um, He said The first comment is about Chris Tarrant uh, Loved Chris Tarrant's Orange suit, mad Time and mullet. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. He uh-huh. said he Found the moments of horror, violence, torture etc. generally gruesome and disturbing which blended well with moments of dark comedy he said, "Chris references neurotic unraveling an excellent contrast, slightly insufferable humour. McGregor character found his performance slightly hammy in theatrical in places, but thought his performance was stronger second half as the stakes were raised. Lovely opening sequence and relentless pacing. Nice use of imagery and cool motifs throughout. Also, Danny Ball loves a scary toy baby.
4: Oh yeah, that that's um, that was my final time travelling point, and I I'll, I'll stop I'll stop after this one." But my first thought again was Chris Tarrant on TV about a show about millions. And then Danny Boyle goes on to make Slumdog Millionaire. Like, do you get me? It's,
3: it's just,
4: yeah. there's too many things Are you feeling
3: all
2: right? You're giving him
3: that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one you're giving him. Oh my
4: God.
2: Spooky Harry, isn't it?
4: <laughs> no, honestly, I think this is why I enjoyed the film so much because it just, It all, these little things were just a little bit scary for me, a bit supernatural. I wasn't wasn't feeling easy.
8: Was that Tony Curran in the holiday thing, Travel Agents, as well? Yeah, I think
0: it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, This is not going well, this conversation, is it? Uh, I think, I think there's not much really else to say all, all i say is like, well, I mean, yeah I guess the fact that we touched on the fact that it, it's not really a film about kind of anything apart from exactly what's happening in the frame is yeah. making it slightly tough to talk about there's not a lot of kind of thematical questions it's not a massive cast it's not a massive story it's very self-contained um,
2: yeah I think it it feels like they could have done so so much more with it I think is the only thing i have to say i don't know if it's like because where we are now so this is like what tw- 25 years ago this was made we're probably a bit spoiled in terms of like what kind of film this would be if it was made now. in terms of like the level of detail like the level of tension building stuff um but i just like i think about stuff like i know it's not a film but like line of duty for example if this was like a line of duty episode you'd have such fucking backstories and then like 12 different twists and lots of really good detailed characters that kind of thing whereas like there was just there's nothing here for me it was, i just i left it just a bit like oh come on um yeah which is why i'm kind of my, my comments have kind of dried up unfortunately
4: oh i actually did a one. Wrong... Oh, sorry Laura, you go I was just going to say, I
7: wonder if, and I don't know if you covered this while I was out of the room, um, I wonder if the dynamic would have been changed if any one of them actually needed the money. Because we learn very quickly on that all three of them are in very like high-powered, well-paid jobs. Otherwise, how the hell can they afford this apartment? And they kind of let us know how well off they are. And I think because of that, because this money is only ever going to be frivolous and an extra and kind of is only going to supplement their living. Like, not one of them is so desperate to leave their job. Like, we know Chris Freckleson is perhaps feeling a bit like, oh, God, this is all I've got. But he's not in a particular rush to leave his job either. I wonder if one of them had really, really needed it and had been that kind of poor friend, then perhaps that might have introduced more of a dynamic there. But because none of them needed it, there wasn't really that drive to keep defending it when things escalated and escalated.
0: That's a very good point. That's Before good point. you do is
7: buy gorilla suits to sit behind drum kids, it's like, well, <laughs> you have killed men for this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think the thing as well as like, as well as that point, I've, I was baffled by the fact that they like, didn't think anyone was going to come looking for it, like, given how much money it was. They were just like, oh, we'll get rid of the body and it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they were like, oh, someone's actually asked about this massive case of cash. How surprising. Yeah, irritating. Well,
4: this is what I was gonna ask. So, cause after that happened, that made me think, oh, Christopher Elkerson's obviously the smartest one because he did, he did predict. I thought that he's been, he's been hiding in the loft. He was ready for this. But then I was wondering, but is Ewan McGregor the smartest character? Cause that's what Kerry Fox says to him at one point, doesn't she? But I couldn't really figure out. I was like, "How is he the smartest?" Like Crisper Elquiston is the one who just saved their their saved their their butts. And then I thought, but then I was thinking, was you McGregor actually was is did did he realize from the start that if he got someone else to to do all the dirty work and cut the body, bury it, he was going to go mental, and and then. Like maybe it made me start. I started thinking backwards, and then I thought, actually, was Hugh McGregor's character super, super clever? Because
8: um, he's a mind traveler.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah, my, I, mean, though, I I agree, especially obviously with the big twist at the end where the money is gone, and obviously Hugh McGregor is swapped it all, but also didn't tell the
5: not tell any not, anybody, not told yeah. anyone
1: that he's done that. Even though it seemed like those two were together and everything, so maybe that made me think that as well—that maybe he actually was a bit more intelligent and he knew exactly which straws were the longest, and because he was the one he was holding them and all that kind of stuff. I don't know.
4: Yeah, I thought that whole straw seems really tense. Like the whole the looks between them—that was a real psychological game. Enjoyed that. Sorry, Nevius.
5: Yeah, no, just a tiny point to keep the conversation going. Um, we couldn't decide whether we thought that... Well, we both had different opinions, not we couldn't decide um, whether Ewan McGregor's dead at the end. Because they're taking pictures as if it's, like, pathology and he's a corpse, but he's still moving and still reacting. And I
8: think he's... Still, I think, think he's supposed to be
5: alive.
3: Like, if he's still alive! I think it's, it's unlikely he would have survived a, a knife through the clavicle, but... Don't know. Because then also Christopher Eccleston is talking as a corpse at the very end, right? Hmm. Mm.
0: I think he was supposed to survive.
7: Yeah, That's I wonder if I was
0: really taking
7: the photos so quickly. Like... <laughs> I wonder if it was like a get the crime scene. Yeah,
1: and also like it's yeah. Annie Boyle. It's not like the most realistic thing in the world. It's quite stylistic that bit at the end, which is what I thought. but Because I thought he was dead.
5: And we were just seeing like...
2: Yeah, I agree. After and if not, that. then like alarming lack of immediate medical attention.
4: <laughs> 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 yeah. Does anyone know how they do dead bodies in in film? No, but do you? Oh, no, how do you mean but-
0: in like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> like wax? Sometimes if Christopher Eccleston being
0: dead at the end, how'd they make him look dead?
3: Um
4: no, uh not Christopher Eccleston, um thingy majiggy uh
0: Keith
4: oh, Allen. Allen sorry yeah yeah he because did anyone else think I swear there was a shot of him lying in bed on his side and I'm pretty sure I could see the pulse in his neck
5: oh. all right Doug. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> wasn't no, I wasn't looking for it I thought I just thought I could see it so I was wondering if anyone else noticed
5: he probably would have been real because like I think unless they have to do something to the body or something has been done to it like if it's been in water or whatever, like I think a real body's the best body, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and they can, I mean, maybe not then, but now they can definitely freeze breath or whatever. They can stop that from mm. shifting. Um, because fake bodies are so expensive because they don't want to sign a witness and stuff, don't they? So they can do autopsies and whatever. But it's a lot of. Well, something like there's
0: a, I can't remember what film it is. There's a famous film from I think it's the 80s where it might even be something like Poltergeist, I can't remember what it is, but they used real skeletons in the scenes because they were cheaper than buying realistic-looking fake skeletons. And they didn't tell any of the actors they were acting opposite real skeletons. And when they found out, they were very upset,
6: yeah.
0: unsurprisingly. Um, but that kind, of, that kind of adds to the point in terms of, you know, it's not easy to find realistic-looking f- uh, fake corpses or skeletons or anything like that.
7: Has anyone ever seen the 1980s Jeremy Brett Sherlock Holmes series? Niche. But in the Reichenbach Fall episode, which is obviously meant to be like holy shit, Holmes and Moriarty have plunged to their death. Um I understand it's the 80s and it's TV, but they have very clearly used like a store mannequin. <laughs> 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 and this completely rigid body just falling in a rib <laughs> watch it on YouTube is very funny <laughs>
0: <laughs> is is it better or worse than what we saw in
7: vertigo <laughs> um, Ooh, do you know what it's a
3: different it's a different a different place <laughs> 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 yeah Harry's not here to defend vertigo is he
0: <laughs> what a shame
3: um, I think I don't know. I think there are lots of very legitimate criticisms that can be leveled against this film. I still, though, did really enjoy watching it. I thought it was hilarious. I th- and and maybe not in the way that the comedy that the film was aiming for, I found particularly funny. But it, it was completely bonkers. It was quite off the wall. It was. It's interesting seeing the early work of you know actors and directors that you then are more familiar with because of, you know, later things that they've done as well. I thought that was cool. Um, I still enjoyed it.
6: <laughs>
3: yeah, it, I, I would agree. I, uh, I did as well.
0: <laughs> I found myself in a position whereby was crap, but like there was that. a lot of it that I liked, but then there was also a lot of it that I didn't like. And so I didn't really know exactly how I felt about it, which is one of my biggest problems, whereby... I spent the first half an hour going, oh, just don't like this at all, and then the second half an hour going, oh, now I'm really getting into this. Yeah, I really like what you're doing here. And then the last half an hour going,
8: ah. So that was the complete opposite. I was more in it at the start,
0: middle a bit slow, and then back up by the end. I can't believe you liked the beginning. The beginning was. Oh. I'm sorry. Just I, yeah, I, I, I'm amazed that. Yeah, that's that's. I found the first half an hour atrocious. It, like I thought it was really really bad like I was going what the hell have they done here because this is not making any sense whatsoever um, again going back to Ben's point like about I've, I just hated all the characters so much I was like you're just such nasty pieces of work and clearly I'm supposed to sympathise with you but I'm not going to um, maybe that was the issue but yeah no I really did not like the first half an hour at all
8: yeah because I went in like what Ben was saying not like just wanting to see them, just wanting to see them unravel, just wanting to see how they were trying to avoid it. And I didn't think my initial thoughts were that the police weren't going to show up and it was more just going to be how the three of them unraveled by themselves without anyone else intervening. Um, obviously it makes sense that the police showed up and the other sort of gang members looking for it. Um, yeah. I was just going and being like, cool, this is going to be fun. Someone's going to die. Let's go. It's not going to be happy. Uh, and that end bit was a bit spicy. Um
1: mm. and uh yeah. Yeah, I think um I, I agree a little bit. Like I enjoyed the bit at the beginning where they were interviewing all of the potential flatmates and stuff, and that was like fun, interesting, but I do agree that it was kind of that was didn't really add anything apart from a fun Danny Boyle esque kind of funny thing. But yeah, it was that didn't really lend itself to the plot at all.
0: Um, As well, like, do you not think? I mean, feel free, feel completely free to disagree with me. But because the character of Hugo, the one, the Keith Allen's character, who dies, and that's how it kind of kicks off the whole plot. I know this is not the way classic, classically, you're supposed to write a film. But like, because we see so little of him, wouldn't it almost make more sense if, like, that's practically the first scene? Yeah whereby you kind of have this... Like, he walks into the flat, they're like, oh, hey, you know, so glad you're moving in. A little bit of, you know, exposition, so we know exactly what's going on. And then within five minutes, they find the money. They find that he's dead and they find the money. Rather than 20 minutes of just, you know... I felt very laboured exposition to make us understand what, you know, is going to happen and who these people are. I kind of wanted it to kind of just get started a bit quicker.
1: Yeah. And so, and then, you know, like, on the other hand... You have like Christopher Eccleston walking upstairs, or whoever it is walking upstairs, to, like techno music. And then you've got these quick scenes of chatting to random people that you don't really meet properly. And that, that could be starting it quite quickly. It's quite fast paced and you're meeting all these new characters and it gets you like a bit buzzed for what's to come. But then it does, then it get a bit slower maybe, I don't know.
4: The other, the other thing, and I think to, to to defend the film, and this kind of also goes back to the point that Ben was making about like, you know, you're not you're supposed to be in, you're not supposed to be sympathising with the characters, you just want to watch it all unravel. But the thing I thought with that opening sequence was, it's, it's showing these guys are like, they're all a little bit of an asshole. They're not looking for a boring, normal roommate. They want someone intriguing and different. And it's I think I get the idea that through the whole way through the film, well, I'm sorry, up until they actually take, choose to take the money, then none of them are, are content with the normality of their life, and they all want to jump down this rabbit hole. Hence, why they've all got enough money; they don't need. They're, didn't doing, they're not doing it for the money. They're doing it for the excitement. That's why. That's why I took from that scene with Christopher Eccleston at work. It's not. It's not like he wanted to get out of his job to get better pay. It was just I want some excitement in my life, and that's kind of. How I saw them, that's, that's what I took from that opening scene. It was like, these guys are all, none of them are, are killers. We want this Hugo guy. Well, they don't know it until he walks in, but yeah. That's, that's a good
0: point. I, that's a very good point. Yeah, Denise.
7: I did that yeah. as well, Harry. Um, and as well, that, that idea, um, I assume from what everyone said that Ben said earlier, this idea that you're not supposed to like them because they're so clearly inviting trouble, and conflict into their house they are literally opening the door to it and saying like yeah we want you that's what we want because of that as they're spiraling out of control there is so little sympathy there because we've watched them invite it in and we've watched them choose the most dangerous path you know yeah but no yeah i agree with you
4: and it's almost like the whole thing's a game and and for all of them they're like which one of us is going to end up with the money you know, and you know, like you see
3: you McGregor smiling at the end because he kind of feels like he's won. Um, yeah. Did Nick and Harry send their scores, Gus?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, okay. yeah we'll get to those again. Um, I'd like to touch on the fact that I was very happy to see you uh, and McGregor's Mini,
2: more lovely little car.
3: It was a lovely um, little car, to be fair.
2: Were you more happy to see the fact that it hurt him, Gus? <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. Four, I mean
1: four little shins.
0: <laughs> uh, has anyone got anything else they'd like to talk about with Shadow Grave?
7: Christopher Eccleson's tiny butt. <laughs> <laughs>
4: so <Go> small.
7: Sh- <laughs> um, and Yeah, I, I don't know if you mentioned it, just
3: the nudity took me by surprise, and that makes me sound like such. So I honestly feel like I could have you saying the word nudity as my ringtone. Can you just please just say it once more? <laughs> oh, <laughs> honestly. It? Mate, it's an accident thing, but I'm absolutely enthralled. Nudity. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of it, though. A lot there of was,
6: nudity.
7: Yeah, <laughs> It was just, I think every time there was like a pit or a little shriveled penis, it was just, it just took me by surprise. I, and I questioned why it was in.
4: we have all been taken by surprise by a
7: shriveled penis. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm
3: not. Yeah, I'm not I just like it. I like nudity with purpose. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it, it felt um, a bit misplaced. Mm. I would say.
4: <laughs> there was a whole
0: scene, isn't there, where Chris Ferguson is basically like trying to peep on his housemate, and then fails miserably.
7: Yeah.
0: And it's oh, like, he's fucking what... fast.
7: <laughs> he only looked away for a couple of seconds, and she managed to not only get dressed, to leave the room, but put clothes away.
4: Hats Did she them. know that he was watching her?
7: Yeah. She has watched him drill holes in the ceiling. He's not. He's they seem not. very unconcerned about that as well. That's a pretty insane thing to do
0: across the entire loft, and they were just like, "Oh yeah, go ahead, mate." Definitely yeah, not cool. worried
5: about their deposit.
1: That's for
0: sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, not worried about the deposit and not worried about the fact that he can now see into their rooms without them wanting him to.
1: Yeah. Like, I did. Anyone? It took me a while to realise that that's what why he was doing that. Anyway. Yeah, I
5: didn't realise until he was peeping through it again. Like yeah. I
7: was like, oh, "Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. At first I thought it was because he'd blown the light and he needed the yeah.
2: light no,
1: mm-hmm. it. That, that was really cool, like, when they went up into the attic and they had all of the light shafts mm. going here, there and everywhere. That was cool.
4: Yeah, it was. It was. Also, you know when the, um, the first time the inspector comes around does he? Because they've already—he's already drilled the holes in by that point. Does he not look up at the ceiling and be like,
0: "Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's he's behavior. so
4: clever, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> to on the holes in the ceiling.
0: And I, I like. They also were so bad at covering up the fact they knew stuff. Like, mm. whether they were asking you questions, like, do you recognise you know these people? They literally were like, "No."
4: <laughs> like,
0: do you want to have a look at them again? Yeah, ne- no, never seen them before. No, sorry. It's like...
8: Yes, I suppose.
0: <laughs> yes, I suppose. <laughs> but it's like, make some effort to make it not seem blatantly obvious that you do know who they are. Like, I know that that's just like a thing that film kind of has to do, but like, we know they know who they are. So have some kind of pretense of pretending that you don't just for us to make some kind of sense. They answered every question so quickly and so blatantly
2: lying. I was like, oh, God. Particularly the one where he was like, would you be surprised if I told you their car was parked outside right now? And he was like, why?
6: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes,
0: yes. I, yeah, oh, I would. Yes, definitely be surprised. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's not outside. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, briefly back to drilling the holes in the ceiling. Um. That ceiling did not look structurally sound when he was going through it. It looked like a piece of like clumsy plywood, and then he was walking <laughs> over. It. I was like, "No, no, <laughs> it." If it doesn't <laughs> look
4: safe, <laughs> do
0: it. They said that so many times, didn't they? It's not safe up there.
2: Um, <laughs> and yet, yeah, they I mean, could go- have a
5: big crashing through the ceiling scene. Like, what yeah. were they gearing up for?
2: Not foreshadowing that they, they just like didn't bother with. Yeah.
0: But, it, like you know, as again, it also touches on, I think, I can't really said it, but the whole idea of, like, where the money went in terms of, like, you know, those two guys go up in the loft. They clearly get hit in the head by hammers, right? That's how they've been killed. And they fall down, and then they get chucked down onto the floor below, and they just look the same, but dead. <laughs> like, okay, look, I, 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 yeah, dead. they're dead. Fine, okay. I'll, I'll just accept that that's the case
4: here. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that adds to the mysteries. like, how, how did he kill? Did he, did he hit them on the back of it? Did he strangle them? Do we know? Where's, how's did he hit them hammer in the his repeatedly?
0: That'd very quickly. repeatedly? That would be pretty impressive if he was like, do you know what? No, I'm not going to use the hammer that I've got ready. I'm going to put that in my back pocket, take out some rope, strangle them within three <laughs> seconds, and then chuck them down again.
4: <laughs> it's a yeah. guy.
1: At the very least,
4: he would have... Sorry, lady, we, were you saying
1: something? I, I'm <laughs> saying, at the very least, he would have hit them around the head and they still would have been alive when they fell to the ground and it just might have taken a bit of a while for them to die.
0: Yeah.
2: Is that, is that oh, a I'm awesome not hit. the
1: doctor here.
2: Yeah. <laughs> How would you kill someone? Yeah, I kind
4: of bled out on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> with,
6: uh, well, with
2: no blood,
0: obviously.
4: Uh, <laughs> what? Like, quickly and silently, you mean? Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> Oh but but sorry, this is the other thing I was gonna say. Another slight plot point. The second guy goes up. Oh it comes second and he goes straight for the light switch, which is facing the camera away from him. How the hell did he know where the light switch was? I don't know why I'm so astounded. It was uh,
3: He was a time traveller and he'd been to that house before, but in the future. <laughs> yes,
4: yes, Jen. Yes.
0: There's now so many time travel references in, I can't
6: edit any of them out now. The <laughs> <laughs> question is Does Shallow Grave predate Home Alone? No. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> cool. there was yeah, was definitely like... could have
0: learned some stuff from Macaulay Colkin if they wanted to keep that money safe.
6: Yeah, I thought he was going to booby trap
2: the uh, light switch. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> A big paint can like come swinging out of the loft and smash. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh,
0: good. Right. Should we do scores? <laughs> get, this over, get this over and done with. So uh, I'll tell you the, the people who aren't here's scores at the end. Shall I? Right. Just not affect. So, um, right. Uh, Alex. Um, I gave it a six. I find something about movies in the nineties really put me on edge. I'm not sure if it's the type of film that they're on or like the quality of the audio, <laughs> but they just freak me the fuck out. Yeah. That's all we I, haven't touched on. How bad was the sound mixing at voice or how
3: oh, bad was that? Oh.
0: Well like someone would walk further away from the camera and you'd be like, I now can't hear what you're saying. Yeah. They've got Ben Holland's laptop. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
6: yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, now to Ben. Ben, oh, seven.
3: Seven.
0: Mm-hmm. Charlotte,
3: six.
0: Six. Jen, six. 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 Yeah. I'm also a six. Uh, Pav,
4: uh, I'm I'm giving it an eight. Oh, you
3: bloody like, I think, yeah.
4: <laughs> best Doctor Who episode
7: ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, Laura. Uh, what what did I give Away We Go? Do you remember?
0: Hang on, I've got it here.
7: One. You
0: gave Away We Go three.
7: Oh, okay. Um, what did we watch last
0: week? <laughs> Sorry, we missed you. You gave you that, that
7: six. That six. <laughs>
1: This
0: is a five. Five.
5: <laughs> Lydia. Six. Six. Neve. Also a six.
0: There seems to be a consensus here. Uh, Ollie. Three. Three. <laughs> Three. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, and then I realised that I've written down the whole list now, but order. And I'm sorry, Max. I missed you out, Max.
8: Uh, Eight. I just had a a good time with it.
0: Uh, And then Harry was also a six. Anna was a seven. And don't worry, guys, the selector bias continues and it gave it a nine. Thank you to Anchor for helping us make this podcast and to Alex Conway for composing our theme music. Thank you for listening. And we'll be back again soon with another episode. Goodbye.